Welcome to your typical Shonen protagonist. He's Kai, I'm Kells, and today we're talking about plastic memories. First off, Kai, how are you doing on our second week of Sad Boy September? You know, I I live in a constant state of being a sad boy, and I feel like this month is just not going to help that at all. So <laughs> if that answers your question, yeah. I feel like it's going to help it immensely, he says, as he's arm deep in research about Italian media. Oh, uh, Lord, yeah. Uh, master's degrees are fun. But no, I feel you, you know. But equally, I just think that, yes, it will. It will be a positive influence in our experience of, I don't know, being dragged down by the experiences of life. Because it's one of the things that I really enjoy about uh, evocative media is that it gets you to experience emotions within the confines of an experience that you are prepared to deal with and come to the table for. It's not a surprise. It's not a challenge. Okay, it's not not to say it's not a challenge, uh, but it's something you're ready for and and you you intentionally come to experience, just like plastic memories. Yeah, just like plastic memories. <laughs> which is what we're doing today um in our sad boy september um yeah it is definitely um definitely fitting of the genre and yeah so let's just get into it and kind of go we, over what it's about we've we both experienced plastic memories prior to this uh so this is a rewatch for both of us um what was your initial experience with plastic memories and like kind of general vibes before we get deep into the spoilers? So my initial experience with plastic memories was um, I had just watched Angel Beats and I still wanted to like <laughs> be extremely sad. So um, I didn't watch Angel Beats as it aired and I watched this kind of like right after it aired in the same vein of that 2015 sad boy renaissance, if you will. So this kind of came into the recommended I was like, okay, gang. Um, so I watched this, and I felt a lot of the same things I felt doing um, during Angel Beats. But the thing about this was, this was kind of like that first anime where it kind of, you kind of already know what the ending is going to be, because it's like kind of explained to you. Like, you know, like, again, going back to I want to eat your pancreas type vibes of like, you get, What's going to happen at the beginning? So it's like, I was like, okay, I'm pretty much prepared for this. But then I was not prepared for it because of the great writing of the characters and how I became enthralled and entranced with them. How I ended up, you know, kind of becoming attached to them. Yeah, we're, we're definitely given a timeline, like a, a deadline. We're given an expiration date. But that doesn't change the fact that it means so much and kind of so incredibly engaging throughout the, the overall experience. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, and even for me on this, this rewatch, I'm like, cause I'm of the mind that, okay, well, all right, I've already seen it. You know, I've, I, I know all the surprises. I know the big reveals. I know what's going to happen. So it can't get me right. I'm safe in, in my wealth of knowledge. Just like I thought I was safe knowing that 
uh, Guglielmo Marconi, the father of radio, uh, you know, was just a dude. But no, I was not safe when I found out he was a fascist in the Italian government of 1930. Um, I wasn't ready to deal with this again, apparently. Because as we get into it, I had two notable moments at the beginning and then at the end where I was like, oh, yep, there's the tears. (laughs) Oh, hello. (laughs) Yeah, that that was me. It's like... (laughs) You know, and upon rewatch, I'm like, you know, I'm I'm ready. <sighs> and then we had the iconic, you know, Ferris wheel scene. And then we had like the ending. And I'm just like, you know, and it it's like damn. You know, what's sadder than death? You know, like when you don't die, but you still gotta live with the knowledge that someone else and then to that someone else something never even happened. Um, but, but yeah, it's yeah. a whole, it's a whole right. Um, and kind of the plot synopsis, it's, you're ready to go into that of plastic memories. Yeah. Let, let's, let's run it down real quick. Yeah. So it's a story that takes place in the not so far futures where androids and AI technology has come so far that the androids and AI look so much like humans. It's almost impossible to tell the difference upon, you know, looking at them and, there's this Android production company called the Saw Corporation, which produced these types of Android and AI called Giftus, which are a new type of Android that can experience all the emotions, the human-like qualities, and it's mostly the advanced type of Android that can even eat and drink and use the bathroom and all that type of stuff. But, however, due to, again, this is kind of one of those, you gotta kind of throw away your logic <laughs> for this to make sense. But um, due to the problems in technology, these androids have like a service life, like a expectancy like most technology does to where they can only last about nine years, which I believe it was about like something like 80,000 hours or something. Um, Yeah. uh, Somewhere along that line, the exact number, forgive me. So but when that time span comes and they're not like properly deactivated, they go crazy and all murmurs rampages. So yeah, their yeah. their whole like human brain goes on the fritz, and then they become killer robots, which is a fun concept. Which is why our our main kind of uh, company and and team is the Terminal Service, which is a part of the SI, uh, SAI Corporation, who goes and collects the old giftas before their crazy date, uh, to give everyone a chance to kind of uh, not be harmed by the giant by the regular sized robots excuse me uh by the robots that are just kind of living in society for various reasons we we see them in the form of of uh little girls with grandmas to kind of give them some sense of of motivation in their old age we see them in the form of kind of uh same age lovers with the with the uh, couple that runs away from uh the terminal service as they come to like present the papers we also see them in the form of like bodyguards with the with the mafia where the old dude's like, yeah, I couldn't trust anybody. So I got a robot to do it. And she's been my faithful bodyguard the entire time. So in her last moments, I want her to, I don't know, experience life. Yeah. So they take the four, you know, they serve different roles in, in society for different people. But often it's it's filling the void of another person. Yeah. And, you know, like even when we saw with one of our characters, you know like a gift had just raised her and i was like okay so you know that's wild as well that they're like sentient and 
trusted to be able to just kind of like do that. Yeah, like they're a responsible group of of sentient robots. And that's kind of contrary to some of the other ways we might encounter this, where it's just like a robot is a tool. But this is more like a, a robot is a person. Yeah. So and, and the challenges that come with that. Yeah, which is wild that, you know, we kind of see that. Um so it, it's really cool for that to like kind of happen. You know, that we see this type of autonomy between a human being and um, the gift is, which is kind of also wild. And I wanted to say uh, that this is really the first time I feel like we've watched or like, you know, that I've seen where there's no divide between like the AI and the humans. Like going back to something like Vivi that we saw, which came after this, that was a huge concept for AIs to get rights. You know, that was kind of a major driving plot in the anime. And then, you know, certain things also like Chio Bits and um, like Blade Runner and I'm um, trying to think of other animes where we have AIs prompted. Um, yeah, this doesn't really focus on AIs as sentient individuals. And part of that comes with the with the expiration date attached to them. That That's kind of an easy way to have a, a kind of a plot conflict as they come to the end of their lifespan. Um, but also a way to avoid that conversation about uh, Gifta's rights because Gifta's end, right? They are sentient. They are treated as individuals, uh, but they are also kind of, they are owned by their, their humans as well, uh, which we don't see that mistreated, but we do, but we don't ever dive into that kind of social commentary, um, which, you know, as we see ex- exactly with your example with like Vivi, uh, with the robot uprising, I uh, hate to spoil the first episode, hmm. um, but we don't we don't spend any time on that because the 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 whole point of plastic memories is to focus on on the themes of loss, uh, primarily. Yeah. So, how do you feel about it not touching on that? Not touching on the kind of the 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 uh, civil rights of robots. I felt like that was kind of cool that, you know, that we kind of are past this in there because it kind of adds to the story. If you have to have that whole, um, you know, conversation about touching on civil rights and how um, robots and AIs are treated like so and so, you kind of lose the value that makes them so hard for them to like these giftas to like leave their companions. And it makes it so hard because a lot of these giftas and people are been like, this is a time where they remember, oh, yeah, this gifta isn't a human, you know. This is like, and that's part of the emotional thing that we get from Plastic Memories is seeing that people like categorize these machines and AIs as humans, like loved ones, as members of their family. There's some people who have, you know, an easy time giving them back. And there's some people like the older lady we saw in the first episode who just doesn't want to do it. And, you know, even to the point, I think it was like episode five where the person just wouldn't give back the um ai and then they went on a rampage and you see why you have to do it you know it's just one of those things where you're like well damn yeah and and kind of people treat them in a variety of ways and we see that um and also the corporation especially with terminal service the corporation is just like go collect the robot like just go collect them and get the signature and that's all that matters but our terminal service with terminal service one is like, no, we're going to respect the time and relationship that those people had with the gift of we're, we're collecting. 
and we're not going to let that just suddenly be uh, irrelevant, which is why they have significant more overhead than other terminal service departments. Um, and we see that from the uh, from a personal perspective. Yeah, for sure. So um, I really personally, like, you know, enjoy that a lot um, that we see that we get to see that like difference between the two, you know, like, I, like the, the humanistic of the gift is, is what really like I find special about plastic memories. If that yes, it, absolutely. And we, we see that especially with, um, with the gift, uh, that, uh, I forget her name, the, the little kid, we're talking episode four or five, um, where, uh, Sukasa and Isla are going to collect uh, the one's name. I'll I'll figure it out. It's the little kid whose parents were killed uh, in an accident, and uh, his whole thing is like, okay, uh, just take her. I don't want her anymore because she's been raising him for the last three or four years, and you know she's come to the end of her time, but. He, he can't really come to grips with that because she's also said, I'll be with you forever, which uh, not not wise to say. Uh, yeah. Marcia. Marcia is the one. Yeah, no, that so, was the whole thing for. Um, Marcia was. So we, oh, yeah, yeah. Marcia, we, we, the orange hair one. Yes. Yeah. Uh. So not only so we get this whole this whole nuanced story arc about you know uh, Nauta coming to grips with with Marcia having to leave and you know the the past of his parents dying as well and you know yet another loss to deal with but also as as this goes we have this black market underground who's trying to collect uh, gift does before. Uh, RAI does um and and that causes uh Marcia to like go off the rails and run past her time limit and almost harm uh Nauta. Yeah. That was really emotional for me um seeing that scene because like you said we saw her you know kind of take care of um him and just like go through all that, but then see her wilding out and get random combat skills and just kind of attack Isia and just like to the point where like everything, cause she tried to make it to, um, Shota's birthday party. And it was just, that one really hit me because, um, like you said, like she didn't have, she couldn't be, you know, done the proper way she had to be you know, terminated by Tuska. And that kind of messed up our guy because he couldn't, like, you know, it wasn't the proper way to, you know, to do it. It wasn't what the terminal service was designed for because they are the ones who tried to resolve this, like, peacefully and everything. This was one where they had to go a little off the rails and do it um, a different type of way. So, yeah. yeah. And at this point, let, let's talk about our main two characters along with the rest of the terminal service. I made two characters being Sukasa, um, uh, a recent high school graduate who 
because he had appendicitis, missed his college exam, and got stuck in RAI uh, because of a, a word from his dad to the president, and then he's slapped in terminal service. Yes. Along with our uh, main heroine, uh, Isla, who is this uh, gifta who's just hanging around the office at Terminal Service 1, uh, who is supposedly, apparently, as we find out, on her way out the door with her time limit running out. Yes. Um. So, yeah, we've got uh, Tuska, who is, like you said, our main character and who is someone who just survives pretty well. Um, but we see he joins this in lieu of like being able to take his entrance exam into a job or whatever. So, um, he's kind of green. His job is a spotter. So he's partnered with Isla to go and retrieve these giftas. And he's like, oh, this job, you know, isn't that hard. And everybody kind of like laughs and scoffs at him because it's like, you have no idea. And upon his first day on the job, he kind of finds out the nuances and, you know, Isla tells him, you know, or Esla tells him, you know, we're robbing memories. We're, like, taking things from people. It's not a good job. Um, and it's it's something that we see him kind of go and struggle with throughout it, especially as he, Big Spoiler, develops filler, feelings for Isla as the series goes on. He's like, you know, am I being a hypocrite? Like, how can I love her? You know, her time is coming up. She's only got three months. Like, he kind of has this, like, things where he's going through this whole journey within himself. And he never lets Isla see it because um, he tries, he wants to be strong for her and not have her worry. But he's coming to terms that he loves her to the point where he even confesses for her. And she's like, what? Like, you know, there's a big shock in that. And he realizes himself as, like, kind of, like, a hypocrite. But he's also a person who has a very, like, you know steadfast um, sense of justice and he cares about the people around him and forms friendships with everybody at the terminal service and starts to see the gift is in kind of a new light, even though he never saw them in a bad light, but you know, he starts to realize that there's a lot more like, what is the difference between a human and an Android at this point, which is one of the main things that I feel like the show focuses on. Yeah. And, and kind of the primary uh, difference in this aspect uh, is really only their their time limit, really only their lifespan being kind of like a dog, but uh, you know not not really treated in in the way that uh, a pet is. Oftentimes, it's it's really more of a peer, more of an equal, more of a family member in, in all of the examples we see. But that's not to say that's the entire vibe shared by. Uh, society, as we see with the the vibe of the company, where it's just a, a product to be handled and collected, as we see with the black market, where it's a product to be kind of uh, taken advantage of. Uh, but in on the good side of things, especially focused around our plot here, we only really see good things when it comes to uh, giftas and kind of the harm that comes from not following the rules uh, associated with, with giftas and their collection. Yeah. So let's talk about the show overall. Does does Plastic Memory try to wear too many hats? Does it does it try too much with its humor and gags compared to its kind of serious tone 
in other places? And, you know, I feel like it kind of does. And not like, you know, detriment or anything. I still feel like this is a great show, and I recommend it to everyone. Uh, but I feel like we get some, you know, we get some filler. Like, and we get some, like, gags. Like, our boy Tuska and the whole maid outfit. Like, they kind of took a, like, I get that, you know, you got to make the memories for, you know, Iska. Or, why do I keep telling her the wrong name? Isla. 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 And Sukasa. Isla and Sukasa, yes. Yes. You have to get memories for Isla, and you have to, you know, you want her, like, I understand why things are done, but, like, just, like, some things just seemed a little bit too gaggy, and at times, like, I felt like it's, it's a really good sad boy show, but I felt like it was trying to have, like, that marvel is comedy, you know what I mean? Like how I don't. Describe to me how this is Marvel-esque. I mean, not like Marvel-esque, but like I just felt like sometimes it had like, you know, like just moments where it was like, okay, like the whole, and it was really, it wasn't a lot. It was just kind of really where like, for instance, I, I, so if I can try to put this into, into words, um, like we're on a roller coaster. Yes. Right. And at a certain hill, we're on comedy hill. And on the next hill, as we go down the slope and come back up, we're on serious note hill. Yes. And and kind of the change between the two and the heights, depending on the episode, are kind of all over the place as we as we flip flop between uh, attempts at comedy and attempts at kind of a uh, serious uh, plot developments. And the degree to which uh, is kind of rough. That's fair. Yes, I I would say that. Um. And that was only in like a few episodes, like um when we got like the whole like little subplot of our girl Michiruki. Oh god. Michiruki you know Asuka two point or Asuka eight point Oh my play. god, let's <laughs> <laughs> When we get done with this this conversation, let's come back to her just being Asuka. <laughs> yes. Um basically when she's like, Yeah, I'm gonna help you like fall in love or help uh Isla realize that she loves you or be at least open to love in that whole thing like where we had all those gags and stuff and then eventually like we had the two we had the two girls like spying on our uh boy like iru and oh my god what was the purple hair chick's name uh the engineer gifta and the purple hair one anyway when we had them like kind of spying on Tsukasa and them like at the park and everything. I felt like that was kind of it. Like we didn't really need those moments because we already saw like them be together and throughout the experiences. I felt like we didn't really need like the gag of them like following them and just like everything. But I see where it I mean, came from as well. It, it tied it back together to the whole moment, which you know personally I was kind of fine with, just because the whole the whole day's events were. Um, you know, it, it's a con. The whole point of the episode is a conversation about, all right, it, is Gifta's losing their memory? Is that permanent? As, as a Gifta, if you get a new OS, can you remember what happened in your old life? And we see through that example with the episode, uh, no, you you can't. That the the uh, personality and kind of soul that's placed into a Gifta's body. Uh, is unique every single time and it's not tied to the previous existence so that was part of that episode and then yeah. kind of 
from that, we get an expanse on uh, Sukasa's confession with uh, Isla. And, and that's kind of why we get the comedy gag of them being there at the confession. It's because that's kind of the same event. We have to tie it back to it. Now, did we have to tie it back? I don't know. But it was a way to break the tension of presumably when she said no, but I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, well, yeah, you know, like you said, um, we got an Oscar clone in here, which I'm really satisfied <laughs> with, personally. Are you? Yes, because not I'm satisfied with the fact that she's an Oscar clone. I'm satisfied with the fact that she did not fall in love with her main character. Because that's where I felt okay. like it was going. Okay. No, she's absolutely in love with our main character. You that's think the so? whole point of that's the whole point of her, her character as a whole. And why she's all like uh embarrassed every time she interacts with Tsukasa in a way that could be conceived as kind of having feelings. Okay. Well maybe I should why, say that's like, why she's such a hard ass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, well, I'm glad she didn't, like, try and, like, you know, throw herself in there, I should say, like. Okay, uh, yeah, we didn't, we didn't get the development of them actually being in love. Yes, we got that to That wasn't have, part of the story. Okay. Yes, Isla got to have her moment uninterrupted from, like, the, be like, not that I have a problem with, like, love triangles at all, it's just I'm glad that this, in the 13 episodes that we had here, time wasn't wasted with one. Yes, I I agree with that. Um, especially because she is just Oscar two point um, except Facts. less of an asshole. Facts. Um, but like, why she gotta have red hair? Why she gotta have red hair with the very specific Oscar esque hair clips? That's the thing that killed me. Yeah, like, <laughs> and then like the fact that her suit. Granted, there was no way of knowing because. The rebuilds came out after this, but like she even has the same colorway as Oscar. Eh, that that's a reach. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's, I agree. it's like a white plug suit, you know. It, eh, but I feel you. Yeah, it's definitely Oscar in a in an office setting, and, and why does that have to be a thing? Um, but overall, as a character, not not particularly uh, instigative. Not, not not a problem in the presentation of the show, which I think is positive. That's that's kind of why it works. Um, one, and I'm glad, as you said, it's not a love triangle. One love triangle that I kind of feel is weird, kind of derailing for a moment, um, is with Fruits Baskets. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's a weird love triangle between Toru Honda... Um, and Kyo, <laughs> yes, and Yuki. Kyo, and Yuki. Uh, that is a weird ass love triangle, and I'm glad that it doesn't get even weirder in fruits baskets. And I'm glad that we don't have that kind of weird tension here. That as as exactly as you pointed out, yeah, w- would detract from the time we have to spend with our characters. And I'm not gonna lie, like I was trying not to talk about fruits baskets, but um, like. <laughs> First Pass his triangle has so many nuances to it. I and mean, then that like huge reveal at the end or like at the beach at season two. Like I was like, yo, this is the best triangle ever. Cause it's fucking crazy. Like, and it inverted all of my expectations. Um, 
And that's why the people who don't watch it will never have any joy, sadly. But it's okay, because we did. Um, yes, we did. And I just can't wait for that movie. I'm uh, trying to tell you. Two more months. But plastic, but plastic memories. So um, one interesting thing I'll have you know, as we relate it to Oscar and Oscar-related thing, is that our creator, our, our series creator here, with uh, with Naotaka Hayashi being the screenwriter, uh, being a screenwriter, more to say, um, he's worked on things like uh, the ser- he's scenario supervisor for Steins Gate. He was he wrote the screenplay for this show, Plastic Memories, and was the original creator. He's worked on other things like Chaos Child and some video games like um, Bravely Default, but also. He's worked on the screenplay for the first 13 episodes of Darling and the Franks. My God. So, <laughs> hey, at least those were the good parts, you know? So, at least those were the good parts. So I can't, um, I can't be mad at it at all. Um, so yeah, um, but I, I think you can be mad and that's acceptable. Yes. I'm just, I, it's like, um okay so i feel like if he had stayed on the whole 20 how many episodes we got it would have been a lot better because now that i have this new knowledge in my mind my brain just went through a whole brain blast jimmy neutron style like i see (laughs) exactly (laughs) yes i see exactly the vision that darling and the franks had now uh-huh. And I'm even more frustrated that we couldn't just nail it down because, like, ugh, you know what? That's a whole nother podcast. So <laughs> that is an interesting fact that you have now ruined uh, me with. So thank you. Oh, Lord. And a good one. All right. Well, well, in his time on on Plastic Memories, we wind up with a show that's just discussing robots and their role in society and, and, uh, and as people. As primarily a means to have a plot point about uh, death and loss. Just like our previous episode, whose whole point was about death and loss, along with other other uh, thematic elements. Now, that's one question I got to ask you. I know that not, uh, presumably, I haven't watched, I think, our next two episodes, uh, the shows we're talking about next, but what do you think it is about sad boy stuff that revolves around dealing with death and loss that kind of gives us a chance to have emotions compared to other things that have the same thing, but don't focus on it. So, um, I, can you, so just the overall question is, what do you think I, it is about, um, this genre that lets us deal with death? Yes. Let's go with that. So, I feel like it's that there's already, there's no, like, okay, so there, I feel like each genre has an overall fundamental theme and has to get back to, like, Shonen is overcoming, like, positive hype, action, all that, you know, mystery suspense is un- that feeling of uneasiness and blah, blah, but I feel like um, Slice of Life slash this anime is that, you know, it deals with the core values of life, and one of the inevitable truths of life is death. So, 
when we get into this genre, we get to focus and fixate on the whole journey and process of life, which is at the end of that process is death. So by not shying away from that, we kind of get that inner like depth and that inner feeling because we already come in expecting to go through the processes that we would relate to. And, you know, at this point in our lives, you know, we're near our 30s. So I'm sure both of us have experienced some form of death or some form of grief or some form of loss by now. And um, that's something that's kind of unavoidable with this thing called life. And I feel like these shows have a good sensibility to kind of direct it to not just be such a tragic thing, but also like a beautiful thing as an end to a journey because we, we do get death in all these slice of life and animes. We get grief and death, but we also get a journey to that. And you notice we never see our character come out, you know, kind of distraught. Like with your lion April, you know, of course we felt horrible, but you know, we also got to see the liberation of another character through another character's end. Same thing with... You know, I want to eat your pancreas. Same thing with um, Angel Beats. Same things with um, this plastic memory. There's always that liberation along with that loss. Yeah, definitely. If that answers your question. Yeah. And and kind of with that, especially your mention of where we are in life. Yeah. Um, that's kind of why the first, the first uh, collection kind of fucked me up when, when, it's uh, Sukasa and Isla's kind of first mission to collect the, the little girl gift uh, from the old lady. And the old lady will not answer the door. She's like, fuck you, get off my lawn. I'm not answering the door. So they keep showing up and they keep showing up. And after, you know, Isla climbing the fence on the last day and the little girl being like, let's have tea. Like, that whole experience with the old lady being like, I know I can't keep her. And the little girl being like, yo, I gotta go. But like, make sure, don't forget where your pills are. Don't forget to wash your and dry your own hair before you go to bed. And it's like, fuck, man. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's rough. It is. And like, I feel like animes that play with like memories. Like I feel like we came into Sad Boy September with a great prefecture of Digimon the Last. Like I know we didn't plan that, but I feel like we kind of did <laughs> <laughs> because like that was truly the beginning of Sad Boy September because we learned about like we see the loss and the journeys and one of the things that I played on was memories, you know, and then here we are to this where we see like you know how important and how like cruel it seems that even though they're leaving, they have to have their Im memories wiped as well. Like it just seems almost too cruel. And the fact that like how it's done is through like a ring, like, you know, and that kind of symbolized, you know, not in everybody's case, obviously, because we had the um, gift that was like a child to the first couple that we saw. And then we had the gift that was like a mom to another one. So obviously the rings don't symbolize marriage, of course. But like, you know, they symbolize that bond. And like, I felt like in the case of Isla and Tuska, it was kind of like, you know, like a union, like a sad, depressive union. Yes, a commitment for Isla and Tsukasa to, to kind of go on an adventure together. Yes, a commitment. Um, Now you got me asking the real questions here. All right. 
So this is about, you brought up memory loss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally tangent. Are the Digimon in Digimon The Last Kizuna? Do they remember before the reboot of Digimon Try? Or did Digimon Try just cease to matter? <laughs> I must know this after the show. Yes, I will, um, I will answer that for you <laughs> after the show. But uh, no, absolutely. Uh, let, let's get into this kind of... So we, we, we've set the scene for the whole tone and uh, uh, world for uh, plastic memories, but the primary focus of the entire show is the relationship between Sukasa and Isla as they are partners in their job and then their relationship romantically uh, and personally until the end of Isla's time. So let, let's get into this whole thing. Yeah, so... So about how they're partners? Yeah, just just let's talk about their relationship from kind of start to finish. Okay, so I mean... Well, we see that they start and um, everyone's very protective of Isla. And um, it's come to find out, oh, she doesn't have... Well, I mean, even before that, he sees her on the elevator and he's like, yo, I'm in love with this girl from the first sight. And I'm like, wow, what a simp. But... Um, <laughs> no. How she? How, how you going to be in love with a girl that's crying af- at looking at the Ferris wheel? Preda. Hoary. but um, <laughs> yeah, that's one major problem. Yes, yeah, not show. okay, dude. Uh, she's a robot, but that doesn't mean yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yeah, uh, um, but yeah, um, Tuska, you know, had developed, you know, feelings Tsukasa. from her. Oh my god, Sukasa <laughs> had developed feelings from her for her from that. I don't know, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> Tuska had to, to he had developed feelings <laughs> for. <laughs> Her the second he saw her on the elevator, and yeah, our protagonist got feelings and narrated them, which somehow made them acceptable. Yes, because he <laughs> narrated them because he's the oh, protagonist. Yeah. So, um, you kind of see them like he's already kind of you know has a foot in the door towards his feelings, and as far as her reaction to that, she's kind of like you know I am who I am. I am a gifter. I know my time left. You know, I'm not trying to get any new memories and attachments because I don't want to hurt anybody and I don't want to hurt myself. So she's very kind of distant, you know, from him at the beginning. Yeah. And we, we see that in terms of her, you know, further on down the line, we see the kind of motivation. Why is is because her time with the kind of uh, team leader, not necessarily the boss of the organization, uh, but the team leader in oh god, what's her name? Uh, Asuka. I did. I did have to go choose this. Not Asuka clone, but um, Kazuki. Uh, the other right here. Kazuki. Yes, yeah. Kazuki. Um, and with with Isla being uh, Kazuki's partner, uh, for the first kind of five years. And then after the event that caused uh, uh, Oscar number two to, to kind of go through an experience, yes, and and then later be motivated to join uh, the terminal service uh, service 
Yeah, I'm, I'm piecing words together, man. I'm, I'm thinking like uh, Italy in 1932. <laughs> um, Mussolini took over the radio broadcasting. Um, Mozambique. <laughs> but no, um, you know, we, we see that whole thing. And at that point, Isla's, you know, Isla breaks up with, or uh, what's her bucket breaks up with Isla and being like, yo, we, we did great things as a team, but I can't be teammates anymore. Um, and that leaves kind of Isla in a place to just exist in terminal service without much of a purpose and, and kind of feel like, all right, I can't go making new memories because I can't go having connection with people because I hurt people. Yes. And th- th- thanks for the teamwork on that one. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's what we get from, um, that's what we get from her. Um, and we see that she had already fallen in love with him before, like the confession, uh, due to like his patience and like his just care for her since the beginning. And it's just like so sad because you're just like, man, this ain't ever gonna work, but you're gonna do it anyway, which. You know, it's strong, strong static slash Kai energy. Um, just, but not anymore. <laughs> it used to be, and I blame this show um, for yeah. That. You, you back in 2015. <laughs> oh God, yeah, this was definitely me in 2015. Uh, <laughs> but we've grown. We yes. we have we have seen the finish yes. of Evangelion. <laughs> Thank everything, dear Lord. Um. Yeah, so, but seeing how the progression of their relationship spans to the point where they go on a date and he confesses and she rejects him. And then later, like you said, it comes out she just didn't want to hurt our guy um, because she feels like she's not allowed to make new memories or anything because when she leaves, he'll just be more miserable. And then at one point, he's like, yes, I am miserable. I'm sad. And I'm showing you my tears for the first time on this Ferris wheel after we just told each other what we loved about each other and our personalities and showing uh, that we're like actually meant for each other and good people. So yeah, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna sob. It's gonna be the worst, you know? Um so yeah, it's it's just <laughs> it's painful. All right. Let's 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 begin to round this out. Uh Sukasa knows about her terminal date, right? And um, Kasuki's like, hey, here's her paper. You're working your last job. And this is what you're going to do with the time left. You're going to spend time with Isla. And then you're going to be the one to sign the paper. You're going to be the one to collect her. And it's extra sad because we have that moment where he takes the paper to Isla in the apartment. And he's like, Isla, I got to talk to you. This is what we got to do. And I was told to sign it. And she's like, yeah, Sukasa. I want you to sign it. Like, fuck. <laughs> Damn. And then, and then we get the last day where they go in and they're, they're handing out the little notes and everybody from, from terminal service rolls in and is hiding. And they're like, I wanted to see them off, but if everyone had seen them off, they would have been obligated to stay. Yeah. So Kosaki kicks them the fuck out of terminal service off to go have their last adventure. And they're both like, let's go to the amusement park. And then we get a really sad episode where Kasaki's like, yeah, we're going to go and have all of the fun we possibly can up until it gets dark. And the, 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 
amusement park begins to close. And Isla's like, hey, let's go on one last ride. And she goes and she talks to the, the Ferris wheel operator. And he's like, yeah, man, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, they're going to, it's going to, you know, by the time we make one loop, you know, the park will be closed. But he said, it's cool. So they get on the Ferris wheel and then we have a shitty time the entire way around. And by yep. shitty time, I mean it's very touching and very heartfelt. And this was the other moment that on my rewatch, I went, ah, well, shit. All right, here we go. <laughs> Same. Same, bro. I was like, okay. Well, this is where men are tested. You know, we're like, yeah. Yeah. Um, like it was, it was rough. Like seeing like her just kind of embrace that guy, like you know, or my dude, that guy. Wow, seeing her kind of just embrace Tuska, uh, like was just, it was really that hit when he like got yeah. down and she like embraced him, and then like kind of like we saw the whole ring pairing, and he deactivated her, and then he got off and. You know, he's carrying her all like, you know, maiden style. And then homegirl's like, you did it. You know, Kazuki's like, you did it. I couldn't imagine how hard this was for you, you know. <laughs> and it's kind of sad. Yeah. I like that we got to see her there as well as being the original partner to her. Yeah. Like, I'm glad she was yeah. just kind of left out of that experience. And I'm glad that we got to see him break down. Oh, yeah. Like multiple times in the same episode. So, like, as they're going on the Ferris wheel, like he's having to come to grips with this whole experience and the fact that he's about to have to deactivate her. And I was all like, tell me why you love me. And they, they go back and forth and she's like, what the fuck kind of answer are these? And he's like, it's the truth. I love you because you're a klutz and you trip a lot and you're short. Yeah. And, 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 and then we finally get down to it. And she's like, thank you for letting me see you cry for the first time. And it's like, well, damn. You're welcome, Isla. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was pretty intense. I was like, oh, no, we just. Uh, yeah, I'm like, thanks, Isla. You just take another part of my heart as you go out. Like, you know, really, <laughs> really appreciate that. So, yeah, but then 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 as they get off and, and you see him walking with her in her in his hands to. uh the Kasaki and Kasaki's like, yo, you did your job to the very end. And he just fucking breaks down. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's what got me as well. I was like, okay. You know, the last one in the Ferris wheel wasn't enough. This one with the snot and the projectile loudly screaming. Like, I'm like, I feel that, you know, and it's real. And these voice arc, like, these voice actors are like so, so great. Like, cause you just, that's really, and I know I don't like judge like sub over dub. Um, it's just like, I just feel like there's so much more like invocation and emotion put into this source, the way it was supposed to be heard and the way it was intended. And I'm glad that like both experiences I have with this have been subbed. Cause I, I haven't gone to go watch this dub. Normally when we do our rewatches, I tend to go and watch the opposite version I watched originally but I didn't do that on this time just because the sub is so good. Yeah, honestly. Um, now, now finishing out the show, 
we get the we get the read back of the final goodbye note, which <laughs> you and these goodbye notes, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, really, this is what we're doing? Like every last eighteen sad things we watched, there's been goodbye notes. Yeah, man. I, I, every time I see you in person, I'm gonna start writing down something. Be like. Yo, it's weird to be writing this in your presence, but, you know, because I never know what's going to happen. So I, I need to get that started. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we get another sad, sad, uh, sad boy note kind of uh, post humorously um, where Isla's, you know, thanking everybody for their time and and for for having the experience and knowing them. And it's more than just Sukasa, which is kind of kind of really nice. Um, and then we get kind of, then, then we cut the credits at, at the end of it. And then we get the credits and then we get this kind of, uh, scene, this post scene where Sukasa goes to training for nine months and he comes back to terminal service and he's like, welcome back. And then he's like, and everyone's like, Hey, we got your new partner. And all we see is shoes and hands and a relatively short stature before they shake and he's like welcome uh, you know uh, welcome new partner yes we have no information on this but we do know that gifta's bodies can be recycled we see that as a plot point uh with andy and the mechanic girl yes who thought this was another person from her past kind of her best friend next door neighbor previously do you think that isla's body is back so i that's like one of the big things i guess in the community is that um you know we we don't we don't know um but i will say that probably um and then because i was like you know i wonder is it is her body and i was like maybe it is i was like but even then so what if it is because we've seen that her there's no way her memory could come back so if it is, I feel like it's just kind of fucked up to our boy Sukasa. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's the way that robots work in this world. Yes, which man, the glaring plot holes is something I want to talk about after. Um, you tell me if you think it's her or not. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if it's her. I I want it to be her because that's just a thing. But I also don't want it to be her because, that, as you said, that's kind of fucked up to just have this heartfelt moment, have him go nine months, you know, into the future after having some training. And then suddenly it's Isla's body with a new personality. Like, uh, I don't think I'm ready to deal with that, like, conceptually. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. Like, I just, yeah. Ugh, like, yeah. So. Could, could be. We don't have any confirmation uh, canonically. But personally, I hope not. <laughs> yes, I hope not. I hope it's, like, someone completely different and. I hope it's someone completely different, and I hope eventually he ends up with Maruchiki or um, knockoff Asuka. Um, yeah, Michiru. Michiru, yes. I hope it's a completely yeah, different one, and he ends up with Michiru. Yeah, I mean, not not to say that uh, Asuka 2.0 is best girl, but like statistically speaking, I do hope that Shinji winds up with Asuka 2.0. And facts that she low-key is kind of best girl, you know? Like, seeing her different fits, you know, was kind of nice. Seeing her hair and glasses. I was really rocking seeing her su- Seeing her support both uh, of her friends in their 
escapades. Uh, very important. I know, right? I was like, let's go. You know, so. All right. Plot holes. Yes. Tell me about this. The most glaring plot hole for me are two things. So, why do they become violent after their hours are up? So, that, well, it's explained to them that they are androids, meaning robots, with uh, an AI or like an operating system that's applied to them. And kind of the, the, the operating system, the program, is the thing that deteriorates. So as they run on in their lifespan, beyond a certain point, their, their consciousness loses all objectivity and all of the physical limiters based on their programming for how their robot body functions is a thi- like uh, unlocks. It no longer becomes restrictive. So that's why they begin to grow like superpowers and they go like feral. Um, why? Because we needed a reason for them to not be on the streets. And that's why. Okay. So, but like there was no way they could like find, you know, updates to the system or a backup, you know, thing or like, why can't their memories be like rebooted into them? That's the other thing. Because we go and collect them. And there's no way to collect the mem. Well, it's described also that they delete the memories in front of the uh, owner. Jesus. Uh, they delete the memories in front of the owner for a privacy reason. So that the owner is confident that when the gift's body is taken back and recycled, that none of the th- experiences and information of the owner will ever be accessible by anyone else. I mean, but can't, like, the owner get, like, a backup of that memory to them and then get they get a second gift to, like, install it in that? How would you access that? The answer is no. There is no there is no infrastructure in the show. But I feel like if we up can a make though. androids poop and digest food, we <laughs> no, can figure that no. out. No, we, no. We spent all of the time making them poop. We spent zero time figuring out how to back up consciousness. <laughs> And that is my plot. And I understand that it's anime logic, so we have to have that, you know, tribulation I mean, same, to make the plot interesting. Yeah, that's the same thing as saying, well, if we can make, like, robots with memories, why can't we just, like, reincarnate humans as robots? I also think and I'm sure that if that. <laughs> I'm sure that if this story continued and wasn't focused on the relationship perils of Sukasa and Isla, we may eventually wind up to that kind of uh, kind of plot point, but we spent 13 episodes having a, a sad boy time. <laughs> true, true. The sadness was more important than the logic, so I'll let it pass. Will you? Yeah, of course. I love this. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, grr, but I'm over it. Over it till next week. <laughs> yes. Where we have other problems. So, man, Lord, it's going to be a rough week. Yeah, man, you're you're telling me. Okay, plastic memories. Final verdict. How do you feel about it? I loved it then. I love it now. I think it's a definite must watch. I agree. For thirteen episodes, being being something that can evoke emotion, uh, which you know, side tangent, very quickly. Uh, that's why I love this stuff. 
It's because like in my day to day life, I've got to go off and do and, and, and be and have shit together. So to, to have a, 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 an experience with media that can give me an outlet for, for a variety of emotions that, that may not be reasonable in day to day life. That's my shit, man. Uh, so definitely plastic memories is a, as a, a, a narrative that allows you to experience emotion, uh, and confront it in your own, exp- your own personal experience. Uh, definitely worth the time for sure. And it's got like sci-fi elements so that, you know, if, if I don't know, regular ass death, like I want to eat your pancreas isn't up your alley. Maybe this will fit. Yes. And you know, if that doesn't work, we've got a thousand other things that could. Because the sad boy genre is ever expansive. Yes. I'm looking forward to our continued escapades through sad boy September. How about you? I am very much looking forward to it as well. Very exciting. We will get to all of that throughout September here on your typical Shonen protagonist. You can catch us on all your podcasters. You talk to Spotify, iTunes, Amazon podcast at your typical Shonen protagonist or Twitter, Instagram, YouTube as well. Your TSP, that's URTSP. Kai, you have stuff too? Yes, you can find me at Static Dreads with a Z because I'm cool and all that hullabaloo. And of course, the other product, focusing on all your Eastern and Western animation along with other nerd stuff in general at Content Break. Catch y'all next week for more Sad Boy September on your typical Shona protagonist. Bye.